Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Well, guys, I come to you this morning with a spring in my podcast step today. I was just saying to Cameron literally the other night, Saturday night, babe, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing this. You know, I don't want to just keep doing something like a podcast for the sake of it. So I kind of was like reconsidering whether I would kind of finish up soon, do two years, you know, done my bit. And literally that night, And then in the days preceding, so that night I got a message from a a business owner over in New South Wales just saying, hey, I just wanted to drop in and say, I love what you do. Thank you for speaking into this space. Very few people are speaking as a Christian into these cultural spaces. So that was one thing. Then the next morning, brand new family of um, with a huge number of kids walk into our church, never seen them before. And it turns out one of the kids had found my podcast and this church, uh, this family were like, we haven't been in church for a while, so they're back. And then a couple of days later, I get another text message from from a friend who um, who got a message from their friend, basically saying that they were right away from God and um, and th- they've been listening to the podcast and it's literally turned their life completely around. And they they've decided, I do want to live this kind of life. I want to have these kind of morals. So I feel really encouraged. So there you go. I just wanted to share that with you guys because I did mention at the end of Wednesday somewhere in there, if you listened when Sarah and I were chatting, I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to keep doing the parenthood episodes. I was actually thinking about not doing any, but guys, there you go. So for the, you know, few times that, um, I might, not that I get discouraged, but you know, sometimes there are people that are like, oh, you shouldn't be talking about these topics and you kind of double guess. And I'm like, you know what? No, it's, it's the absolute majority that are going, thank you for talking about these things. Cause this is what I figure if we're not like who, who has the right to say that I shouldn't be talking about things, you know, like we should be able to talk, but we should be on the forefront of having these conversations, particularly as Christians, we should be able to talk about, um, climate change and abortion and mandates and all the other stuff that, you know, other topics that are, that are going around right now. So, you know, I might not get everything right, um, but we're on a journey of chatting these things through together. So anyway, there you go. There's my three minute rant. I'm back. I'm back big. Uh, But Parenthood Friday, I want to give you today six secrets to calm parenting. And I'm going to share a story at the end of this um, which will probably give you a little bit of an insight into my worst parenting moment, uh, a parenting moment that I will never forget to this day, even though it happened a long, long, long time ago where I completely lost the pot plot and was anything but calm. And, um, I know that you guys like hearing that stuff, so I will share that at the end, but, I wanted to give you six different things. You know, I always talk about giving you tools in your tool belt. Um, I want to give you six little pearls of wisdom to tuck away um, about ways that you can make sure that you are parenting in a calm way. And I think that is something that we all desire because we all know 
it's pretty full on having kids in your home. It's full on having little kids. Um, It's different challenges when they're adults. It can be full on when they're adults as well. And so the thought of a calm and serene household and a peaceful household is really attractive to all of us. So I'm going to go through six little takeaways for calm parenting. Um, Probably these relate more so to younger kids, although I would still use these even now with my kids being older. So the first one is this, decide that you are not going to repeat the same direction to your child over and over and over. So we tend to believe this myth that the more I repeat a direction, the more my child will cooperate. And so we've all been there. We've all done it. When we catch ourselves thinking, I have asked my child to do this or not to do this about 55 times. And it is an absolute myth that the more you repeat something, a direction or an, an instruction, it's a myth that, that it's going to lead to greater cooperation. In fact, it is the complete opposite. You will find that the more you repeat yourself, the less likely that they will be to cooperate. And that means you and I are more likely to get triggered and start yelling. And before you know it, we are not a calm parent. We're sounding like a crazy parent. Okay, so that's number one. Make the decision. I'm not going to keep repeating directions over and over. Secondly, decide that you will not lecture your child. Now, I call these rants in our household. Um... And I probably could be guilty of this, like going on a rant about something, but they don't work, guys. I uh, another myth. If if it sorry, if it's a myth that you can repeat them into compliance and cooperation, it's also a myth that you can lecture them into better behaviour. Because the more we try to reason with them or lecture them into better behaviour the more it's going to backfire. They will end up just switching off to our voice and tone. So that's number two, decide that you're not going to lecture them to death. And if you hear yourself lecturing them, just say to yourself, stop right there. Okay. So don't repeat directions over and over. Don't lecture them. Number three of things to decide not to do Decide that you will not ever raise your voice. Now, I learned this one in my first years of teaching. And look, everywhere I go, I where was I the other day? I can't remember where I was. I was shopping somewhere. Oh, I know. I was at the butcher getting my meat. And <clears throat> behind me is the, is the Woolworths. And I could hear this shouting. And I look over and there's a mum. Uh, trying to get a trolley out of the trolley bay, but she hadn't gotten there yet because she'd bent down and was shouting her head off in the face of her kid. Now, I've got compassion for both. That poor child's probably mortified at being shouted at in public. And the mum's probably, you know, the child's behavior has probably driven her to her end limits. And she ended up turning around, grabbing her by the hand and walking back to the car with her angry. The kid was crying. And I just thought... I re, you know, I remember, I know what it's like to feel like the only way I'm going to be heard and the only way that my kids are going to do what I ask is if I yell and if I shout. But again, it's going to backfire. And like I said, in my first years of teaching, 
I realize pretty quickly that if I escalate my voice, it's actually just going to escalate the situation. Shouting at a bunch of children in a classroom just makes them louder. It might shock them and work for a second, but it doesn't work in the long haul. Shouting at your child will not calm them down. It might scare them, but it's not necessarily going to calm them down. This little girl did not calm down at all. She got more hysterical. So make a decision. I'm not going to raise my voice. That's just a rule. Like Have a rule for yourself. And I found this really helped me. Um, so I had to decide, you know, I'm not going to be the shouting parent. And when I would find myself failing at this and I would hear my voice escalating, I would actually remind myself and my children by saying out loud, I'm not going to raise my voice and this is what I want you to do. So I would be pretty clear, but I wasn't just letting them know I'm not going to raise my voice. I was letting myself know. In fact, it can be really powerful to do the opposite. When your child is playing up the most and you're starting to feel triggered, try doing the opposite and lowering your voice. Get down to their level and go quieter and they will actually stop and look at you like, what? It actually can really um, help to stop a, a situation from escalating. Okay, so they're the first three. Decide not to. Decide you're not going to repeat directions. Decide you won't lecture your child and decide you will not raise your voice. But the next three things, what can you do? <clears throat> Number four, remember your first time obedience plan. Now, for those who have been listening to all my parenting episodes, you know what I'm talking about when I talk about first-time obedience, and I don't want to go over it here, but the most important principle that Cameron and I have used in raising our children was this principle of first-time obedience. So go back and find my first parenthood episodes. I think I started them about a year ago now. The first three parenthood episodes I ever did were on first-time obedience. So go back and listen. But using first-time obedience, it gives you a consistent plan, and having a consistent plan helps to keep you calm and proactive instead of reactive. If you've got a plan as to how you're going to handle situations when your children are driving you nuts and they're not listening, if you've got a plan, it really helps to keep everyone calm, especially you because as the parent, because you're not feeling out of control. You feel like you're in control because you know how you're going to parent them through that moment. Number five, another way to keep calm is to make sure, and this really goes on as a part of the first time obedience, but execute consequences quickly. So this is a really good one that will help stop you from lecturing them or repeating directions over and over. You just need to make a consequence really obvious. And I've talked about this before too. Like, okay, if you choose not to do this right now, then you are going to be spending five minutes in your bedroom. Or if you choose not to do that right now, I'm going to pack up your toys and you have just lost the privilege of playing with them. So execute a consequence quickly and qu calmly and quietly. Um, this is what mummy has asked. You have chosen not to obey. So now da, 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 da. So that way it takes away the option for you having to rant, rave, shout, um, and it just gives you a, a consistent plan. And when your child knows that you're going to be consistent and follow through, it really does help. Again, it's a part of this proactive parenting. 
And number six, the sixth thing that I used to do, and I've mentioned it before, I used to use mantras to help encourage myself. And this really did help to keep me calm and centered and in control because I would say certain things over and over to myself. I'll give you a few examples. You've probably heard a couple of them before. But if a situation was escalating, I would just take a minute and in my mind, I'd be like, I'm the mum, I'm the boss. So as soon as I felt like I was in control by saying that to myself, a mantra, I'm the mum, I'm the boss, it would just help me to not fly off the handle. It just would make me go, okay, I'm the adult here. What I say goes, I'm the one in control, not my child. And it would just make me calm. And then I could think better to parent them in that situation. Uh, Another one you would have heard me say is, I might feel like I'm losing the battle or the battle is tough, but I'm going to win the war. So when I was in the middle of a tussle with one of my kids, I think to myself, okay, I know this is difficult. I feel like this battle is really tough right now but I'm going to win the war. I'm going to win in the end. We're going to get there in the end. I would say things to myself like, okay, the days are long, but the years are short. It just helped to bring me perspective. I would hear a lot of people say that. And I know this to be true now that I'm older, the days when your kids are little, the days feel really long, but the years do go quickly. And so it just gives you that perspective of, okay, it's okay. We're going to get through this and appreciate the moment that you're in, because even though it feels like a long moment right now, this season will pass really quickly. And before you know it, you'll wish that your kids were small again. You'll you'll miss things about them being small, um, which is another one I used to say to myself, this is just a season. It's just a season. Enjoy the season. Embrace the season. And another one that I would say to myself to help would be, I'm the adult here, because it's very easy to get buried down amongst the mess of your kids' emotions with them, that when they're angry, we can tend to, it makes us feel angry, or if they're upset, we can feel upset. But saying that to yourself, well, I'm the adult here, it would just help bring, again, perspective. I'm the adult. I'm going to calmly lead us through this situation. So there are the six things, the six secrets to calm parenting. Let me read them again before I tell you, finish off with the story that I have of my least proudest parenting moment. So firstly, decide that you will not repeat directions over and over. Secondly, decide that you will not lecture your child into better behavior because it won't work. Number three, decide I will not raise my voice. Number four, remember your first time obedience plan. Number five, execute consequences quickly. And number six, self-talk with mantras to help encourage yourself. Okay. I know you've been busting to hear this story of when I lost the plot, a moment that I'm not very proud of, but I know you guys apparently like hearing these moments because we all share them, right? So this would have been when Georgia must have been about five, five and a half. Uh, Liam must have been just over three and Ashton would have been a baby. And I was invited to preach at another church at this women's event, and it was going to be a whole day event. And Cameron was traveling, he was away. And so I'd organized my mother-in-law to come to my house and look after the kids for the day. So I got myself ready. I had to leave pretty early and I thought, well, the kids were still in their pajamas, but that's fine because my mother-in-law had the whole day 
to, um, you know, look after them and get them dressed and all that kind of thing. But anyway, she, who normally was super good at always remembering and helping me, she forgot. She forgot that she had to come to my house early. She forgot that I was preaching somewhere else that day. So here I am with three kids in pajamas and my only option was to quickly dress them, load them into the car and bring them with me. So Ashton was super easy. He was a baby. I had to quickly get him changed. Georgia, she always complied. So she went and got herself dressed. But Liam, blessed Liam, he decided at that moment he didn't want to get out of his pajamas and come with mummy into the car. So he decided to throw one of his mass tantrums at that moment. And I was under so much pressure. I had to get there on time. I felt the weight and the pressure of having to preach all day to this group of women. And so his behavior completely triggered me. So, okay, guys, not my proud moment. In my exasperation, I yanked his pajama top off him and I flicked him with it as I was saying, you will do as I say. I think I was on the edge of tears. He was screaming even louder. I'm flicking him with his pajama top. You will do as I say. You will obey me right now. I was like so annoyed with him. Anyway, he was shocked and then I stopped and I'm mortified. I'm thinking, great, here I am. Here I am about to minister as the woman of God to a room of other women and I am totally losing my crap at my son and flicking him with his pajama top. And look, under duress in that moment and the tears, he got he got dressed and I piled all three in the car and we raced down to this church and my mother-in-law met me in the car park and she took the kids from there. But I felt awful. And this is what I want to say about those moments, because we all have these moments where we just lose it. And we're like, these are not our proud parenting moments. But guys, these moments, they become our greatest lessons. And I learned a lot from that moment. It literally has burned into my memory. Um, I learned a few things. I learned uh, that for me, that moment, it was not Liam's fault. It was my fault. And I think I learned in that moment that I, as a parent, it is always my job to take responsibility. So that mum who was shouting at that little girl yesterday at the trolley station, I actually, that, that, that moment, that was not the little girl's fault. It was the mum's. And I know you might go, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Do you know why it was the mum's fault? Now, that little girl probably was being naughty. She probably had done something that was disobedient or disrespectful um, and completely triggered her mum. But this is the thing, guys. It's our job to parent them, not to lose the plot. That shouting and screaming at the shopping center. As a parent, you could easily say, well, that's not my fault. That's my kid's fault because. But this is the issue. We are always the adult in the situation and they are always the child. And we need to be the ones. If our child is um, having tantrums like Liam used to, and I've talked about this a few times, then yes, his behavior is wrong, but it's my responsibility as his parent to disciple him, to train him, to discipline him and to parent him. And so that moment when that happened with with Liam all those years ago, even though he was being disobedient and he made that moment super difficult for me, that was my responsibility. 
I knew that about Liam. I knew that at that time he was a work in progress. So this is the second thing that it reminded me of. So the first was that I have to be always be the parent and always be the adult. The second thing is it reminded me that my priority is uh, at that time was to him, not to the work or the ministry opportunity I was getting. So if I was going to take a ministry opportunity, then I need to pre-plan my morning better to allow for these hiccups that I was experiencing that moment with Liam's behavior. Now, I did pre-plan. I did pre-plan to an extent. Um, So now I'm not talking about completely giving in and never taking an opportunity or never working because your children need you to be there. I'm not talking about that. But I knew that Liam needed that little bit of extra time. And probably the reason I should have planned better is that Cameron, I knew that he wasn't there as a, as a fallback for me. And so Cameron and I realized from a, a few of these incidences that it was never a good idea for me to be taking work or ministry or whatever it was if he was away. And so we decided from then on in that neither of us would ever travel at the same time. And that's not because, you know, we didn't need to train our kids to sometimes be without us. Of course, that's a good thing for them to experience. But Liam was a work in progress and it was way too stressful um, to have both of us out the house at the same time in case something did happen and something happened that morning. Um, my mum-in-law forgot to come. And so it put a lot of pressure on all of us. So Cameron and I both realized I and he couldn't say yes to things um, if one of us was away. Um, Because, and I almost hesitate to say this, but I know this to be true. I couldn't have it all and be it all without someone or something suffering. And I've talked about this before. You will hear people say to you as a mum or as a dad, you can't, but particularly to us mums, because it's all about empowering women these days, right? That you will hear people say, oh, you, you can have it all, you can do it all. Well, you can't. You actually can't without someone or someone suffer, something suffering. And at that moment, it was my son that suffered. Um, and so I realized that I can't have it all, be it all, all at the same time. It also showed me too, personally, how much Liam's behavior was triggering me. And so it was a really good lesson that we need to know what our triggers are so that we can be prepared for them. So I've got like, I'm a perfectionist and I've got very little wriggle room um, just in my personality for people not falling into line sometimes with like how I see that things should be done. And so I realized, okay, his behavior is a trigger. And that's something that I have to deal with in me as much as I have to parent him. And we always have to remain the adult in the situation. So I hope that story has helped you a little bit, but I think it just, it taught me so much. And sometimes these moments that we can feel ashamed of, it's like, well, we, you know, and of course we apologize to our kids. I apologize to Liam. And we sat down after that and we talked it through, even though he was only just over three. But if you find yourself not calm, I want to encourage you to dig deep and think about why. You know, are you trying to do too much? Are you trying to be too much? Are you trying to have it all and be it all, all at the same time? Well, maybe you have to give that idea up. Maybe you have to think hard about what your priorities are. Maybe there's something that's triggering you and there's a reason that things are triggering you. Um, So 
I hope that that's helped you. Um, I mean, it's it's one thing for me to give you these, you know, these tools, these six secrets to calm parenting, but I think there's a layer beneath it all that at the end of the day, we are human beings parenting other human beings, and we're not going to be perfect at it. And I think if we can sometimes just take a step back and go, why am I losing the plot? What, what about this situation? Is it something in me? Have I not allowed for something? Um, you know, and it's really good just to take that step back and to use these opportunities to work on ourselves and our own, um, our own character, because I think when we step back and we do that, it also makes us better parents. So I hope that's helped you today, guys. And I hope that you remember this week as you're going along, maybe just have a goal. I'm going to stay calm. And think about those six things I gave you. What is it about your parenting that sometimes doesn't make you calm? Do you tend to repeat directions? Do you lecture too much? Um, Do you not have a good strategy like first-time obedience in place? Do you perhaps not know what kind of consequences to give? Or do you give too many chances before you give a consequence? Or maybe you don't follow through on your consequence or you only follow through once and then when they do it again, you're inconsistent with following through. So yeah, I'm sure that all these things I've said to you today have brought up so many thoughts and, um, and you can apply them to your situation, to your child, to your family and to your parenting. Guys, I love you all so very much. I hope you have a calm and wonderful week. And um, make sure that if you know some single girls in your life and some single guys, send along our new collection, Hey Girls, Did You Know? Um, We've done two episodes so far and I've got a... Sarah Minkyo coming back next week for um, a third episode on Hey Girls, Did You Know? It's been a really good collection that's been well received. Love you guys. And I will see you either Wednesday or Friday next week. Bye.